Well, as we enter into the new year, uh, we're thinking about all the New Year's resolutions we've already broken. Yeah? Um, we're going to spend a few weeks to explore some Christian practices, also known as spiritual disciplines, that we can incorporate into our lives. Now, these absolutely are not New Year's resolutions. <laughs> uh, they're not more things for us just to break. But today I want to look at the Christian practice of simplicity. The 2019 hit Netflix series Tidying Up with Marie Kondo urged us to embrace Japanese minimalism and simplify our lives by getting rid of possessions that don't spark joy. As one news source put it, Figures like Marie Kondo are becoming famous by spreading the gospel of throwing everything out and keeping just what you need. I think the series hit a nerve in the Western psyche because we have a tendency towards clutter. Or am I the only one confessing my sins this morning? And so that really spoke to us, I think, uh, even if it only meant that we sorted our soft drawers differently. Also, confessing my sins. But we're a culture of inveterate consumers, whether we consume goods and possessions or whether we consume experiences. In fact, the day I started preparing this message, the postman arrived with three parcels. (laughs) Two and a half of them were for me. It's not just material possessions either. We have to contend with digital clutter in our lives, which is probably even more insidious and invasive now. And this tendency to clutter up our lives has a number of detrimental effects. This really isn't just a Christian concern that we're talking about today. All this clutter tends to distract us from the most important things in life, and whether that's uh, our time with God, whether that's family and friends or church, busyness, TV, mobile notifications, and more, are all hindrances to us becoming the best version of ourselves that we can be. And that version for a Christian is the self made in the image of Jesus. But they can also have a detrimental effect on the lives of others. What I do, my clutter, affects other people. So very often, the people in our circle don't get the attention that they deserve or that they need. Consumerism also contributes to global problems. A lot of what we consume is made up, uh, made on the back of slave labour or sweatshops, uh, just global injustice. And of course, a lot of it is just degrading our environment, God's creation as well. It also contributes to anxiety and poor mental health outcomes. We become less connected with people and relationships as we become more connected with things. We have less margin in our lives. Uh, And if your consumption is fueled by debt, then we also have the stress of having to make repayments and juggle budgets and so on. So that news article that called uh, Japanese 
minimalism, a gospel, isn't altogether inappropriate because this cry for simplicity is a spiritual impulse. And in fact, even in Japan, it is a very spiritual thing. So according to Wikipedia, so it must be correct, it did quote Marie Kondo, cleaning and organising things properly can be a spiritual practice in Shintoism, which is concerned with the energy or, or divine spirit of things and the right way to live. Well, that's minimalism in Japan. What about for us as Christians? Of course, simplicity itself isn't a gospel. It's, it's not the good news. But it is a gospel impulse. And it's widely considered an important spiritual practice. And not surprisingly, Jesus had a thing or two to say about it. So we will get to scripture now. I'm going to read from Luke chapter 12, verses uh, 22 to 34. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than the birds? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to do even a little thing, why worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labour or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour is adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass which is in the field today and is thrown into the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, you of little faith? Don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink and don't be anxious. For the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things and your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your father delights to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves that don't grow old. An inexhaustible treasure in heaven where, there, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And as usual, the notes for today's message are in the church app. Now, as Jesus goes through, he says a lot of do not. Do not worry, don't, don't go after food or clothing or all these things. And it's, it's easy to focus on the negations in this passage. Don't be consumerist like the Gentiles. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. There's a challenge. Now, these negations are actually all good things. And in fact, if Jesus said them, then they're vital. They're vital for the Christian life. But the key to remember is that Christian simplicity is not about decluttering per se. That's not the goal. Unlike Japanese minimalism, simplicity is not an end in itself. And if it becomes an end in itself, it can actually become an idol to us. It becomes something unhelpful and unholy. That said, I think we can learn something from the Japanese. The purpose of simplicity 
And the key to succeeding in it is in verses 31 to 34. Seek his kingdom and these things will be provided for you. Your father delights to give you the kingdom. Make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old and inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The purpose of simplicity is to seek God's kingdom and to store up our treasure in heaven. This is the key. And and to do so confidently, knowing that God loves to bless. He delights to give us his kingdom. If our goal isn't the kingdom, then this isn't going to be something we want to pursue. But if our goal is the kingdom, then it's something we embrace so that we can achieve that goal. Because Jesus says, not only do we give this up and receive the kingdom, he says, in doing that, God will add all these other things to you as well. So what actually is the practice of simplicity? Is it simply sorting my sock drawer differently? Well, of course not. In its uh, simplest form, uh, simplicity is simply removing anything that stops us from achieving our goals. Now, it doesn't mean removing everything from our lives. We actually couldn't do that. That would be impossible. But it does mean removing every distraction that keeps us from achieving our purpose. So former Apple design chief Johnny Ives, you probably know I'm a bit of an Apple fan, says, what focus means is saying no to something that you think with every bone in your body is a phenomenal idea. You wake up thinking about it. But you say no to it because you're focusing on something else. As has been said, the good is the enemy of the great. And so the spiritual practice of simplicity puts, us, uh, puts following Jesus as our primary focus and says no to everything that stops us from achieving that. Now, apart from actually achieving our goal, there are, of course, other benefits to simplicity. Uh, it wouldn't be such a gospel uh, in the world in places like Japan if that weren't the case. It works. So Richard Foster, the author of Celebration of Discipline, a, a, a Christian, says uh, simplicity brings freedom, joy and balance. He says contemporary culture lacks both the inward reality and the outward lifestyle of simplicity. We must live in the modern world and we are affected by its fractured and fragmented state. We're trapped in a maze of competing attachments. We have no unity or focus around which our lives are oriented. And so simplicity, he says, helps us live integrated, focused lives. Of course, when we're living this kind of life, it also benefits other people and it benefits God's creation. Because, you know, as I said before, so much of our consumption is at the expense of the poor and of the environment. And by simplifying, we're at least minimising the damage. And if we actually do it the Jesus way, he said, sell everything and give to the poor, then we're actually going to be a blessing to others as well. 
So that's all good and well, but practicing simplicity is really hard. And uh, I'm just going to, by way of another confession, say I don't practice what I preach very easily or very well in this regard. As Richard Foster said, we do live in a fractured and consumeristic world. It's, it's the air we breathe. It's, you turn on the radio or the TV or, or YouTube or whatever and you're getting bombarded with these messages to consume. That actually the best way to be the best version of you is to buy this product or have this experience, not to follow Jesus. And so we have to be on our guard. So how do we succeed in this practice of simplicity. Well, I think, I think that the, the, the most important key to successfully practicing Christian simplicity is understanding that first and foremost, it's a state of the heart. Simplicity must have an outward expression. If we say we value simplicity, but then we live a cluttered life, we don't really value simplicity. It has to have an expression of a simple life. But that is an expression, an outward sign of what's happening in the heart, first and foremost. You might have been in the home of someone where everything is uncluttered. Have you ever walked into a, you know, a bit of a trophy home? Uh, we see it with, uh, obviously, display homes. But I'm talking about someone who actually lives this way and everything has its place. Everything is perfect, it's uncluttered, clean. It looks simple. But you go in there and all the, all the relationships are a nightmare. Uh, people are at each other or not talking because, you know, it, it breaks their perfect world. Conversely, you walk into homes and we uh, were visiting someone the other night with teenagers, and it's obviously a family home with teenagers. Not nice and clean, but there was a simplicity about it. Because the family was a Christian family with a gospel focus, very much, and that was also evident just in the, in, uh, the posters and things around the house as well, and in the conversation. Simplicity is a matter of the heart. Secondly, like all spiritual practices, simplicity, although it involves taking things away, again, that's not the focus. Simplicity is not about what we lose, it's about what we gain. It does require us to give things up, but that's not what it's about. So psychology tells us if we simply give something up, I'm going to quit coffee this year. That's hypothetical. <laughs> but if I just say, I'm going to quit coffee, you know, you're less likely to succeed on that, uh, in that unless you replace coffee with something else. I'm going to drink lots of sugar instead or something. Don't do that. But, but that's the point. So we need to replace what we take away, and whether that's possessions, activities, or distractions. Otherwise, we inevitably lead, uh, revert to old patterns. So this is why Jesus says in this, in giving up all this stuff, he also says, seek 
first the kingdom of God. Give this up and replace it with something better. The key to successful Christian living, I keep saying this and I say it because I need to hear it myself, is making Jesus and following him our first goal, our primary goal, our purpose. It's to set our desire on him. And this is where we can leverage other spiritual practices to help with this, to help simplify our lives. So in the last year we've looked at practices like Bible reading, the Lectio Divina, uh, prayer. We talked about meditation. And in the future we'll look at other practices as well, things like serving, worship and, and fellowship. All of these help leverage our lives so we can live more simple, focused lives with Jesus as our focus, as our purpose, as our goal. It's really important in all of this though that we don't make this a legalistic task. Simplicity, any spiritual discipline can actually become a very carnal, fleshly motivation, something of pride. It's not something we can achieve by our own effort. Uh, we desperately need God's grace in this. It's only by God's spirit that we can ultimately be transformed. And, and spiritual practices are a tool that we can use to cooperate with God, be open to his grace, but ultimately it is a work of his grace, his divine grace. And so the challenge for us, well, for me at least, and I hope you'll take this as a challenge, is how can we simplify our lives in 2022 so we can better reflect Jesus, be better disciples of Jesus? So what are we willing to give up so that we can move into the better? And it might be the good that you have to give up. I'm not saying that we're all living sinful lives or that, or that the things that we do, that we clutter our lives, are always wrong. Sometimes they're not. Very often they're not. But the good is the enemy of the best. So what are we willing to give up so that we can gain more integrated, joyful and balanced lives and be filled with the reality of the kingdom of God as Jesus promised us?